Brainwaves, hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show. Giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 8.55 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. I'm struggling with my mental health. I'm concerned about my loved one and need support for myself. I need someone to speak to, but I don't want to burden my family and friends. The experience of mental illness can be emotional, challenging and isolating, but you don't have to go through it alone. Hello, Helpline. Helpline is an information support and referral service. Our trained volunteers all have a personal experience of mental illness and are here to listen, understand and help. Our service is free, confidential and you can call us from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. If you have a mental illness, know someone who does, or just need someone to speak to, call Helpline on 84864222. That's 84864222. My fellowship is a 3CR supporter. Welcome listeners, you're with Brainwaves Radio Show, we're on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am on your dial. With us in the studio today is our special guest, um, comedian and well-known media personality Tom Ballard, and interviewing are Kate and Kathy. Welcome Tom to the program. Hi guys, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. A pleasure to be with you. Um, Tom, could you tell us a little bit about your um your background, how you became a comedian and what your background in mental health is? Sure. Well, I mean, the question of why I became a comedian probably starts with <laughs> a different need for attention and love. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> but, uh, it's the story of most comedians, perhaps. But um, I uh, I started doing acting in theatre when I was about eight, eight years old. My mum, for whatever reason, maybe she realised that I was uh, desperately seeking attention in lots of different ways and sort of said maybe we, maybe we should channel this through official channels and uh, and put him on stage and I auditioned for a local amateur musical theatre group and loved it loved the thrill of the uh, the spotlight and uh, got hooked really and so I kept doing it kept doing lots of theatre uh, had dreams of becoming an actor that's what I really wanted to do and I think I saw comedy as, as another way to get on stage and I would watch the gala on Channel 10 every year and see these people walk out and everyone was just looking at them and they were on stage talking and laughing and being celebrated and that kind of appealed to me. And then I guess I um, did Class Clowns, which is a high school competition that the Melbourne Comedy Festival runs, which gives young people a chance to have a crack at comedy and you can go through this sort of level of competition and end up performing at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, um, which I did. I got to the final and Ross Noble was the host and that was, you know, it was a whole other side of showbiz that I was exposed to that I love very much. How old were you when you were doing The, the Clowns? Class Clowns, I was 14 years old when I, when I did my first one, yeah, which, um, you know, looking back at now, it's like, God, who would want to listen to what a 14-year-old has to say about the world? But I had the confidence to uh, assume that people did want to hear that. And, uh, Fantastic. That was, kind of, was kind of my act, which was, you know, I mean, I, I love that experience. It was um, something I loved dearly, and I guess starting early was, was overall an absolute blessing because, yeah, it was the start of my whole comedy career and allows me to do what I'm doing now, which is great fun. Um, so what, so yeah, what did I, I think it was a point. Oh, sorry. Go on, go on, Tom. Oh, there was a point where, you know, um, you know, stand-up sort of gave, took over from, from my ambition for being an actor. I mean, I really wanted to um, uh, go to NIDA and VCA and audition for those schools and didn't get into them. And um, 
uh, I thought, well, I took a year off and I moved to Melbourne and tried to do comedy here and there. And then I started a law degree for six weeks, which I dropped out of because it just felt like things were picking up. I was doing uh, uh, radio with Triple J on the weekends and I did my first solo show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival where I won the Best Newcomer Award and I got management. So it just sort of felt like things were taken off and I thought I'd have a crack and, and dive um, headfirst in. That first show was about me coming out, was about me growing up in country Victoria and, and um, realising that I was gay and coming out and not really feeling like I fitted into the gay world or the straight world. Uh, it was called Tom Ballard is what he... And um, I'm really hesitant to, you know, lay any claim to any serious mental health health issues I've, I've faced. I mean, I've been extremely lucky in my life, um, you know, in terms of my health and in terms of a loving, supportive environment with my friends and family. But I think being queer and even, you know, being a comedian in many ways, I have an insight into, or at least, you know, I'm constantly thinking about how I feel and what's going on in my brain and that kind of thing. And obviously, you know, young queer people are um, you know, really susceptible to uh, ostracization, to uh, homophobia, obviously, and to being feel feeling marginalised. So that's where my interest in mental health came from, I think. And young people and um, GLBT um, young people are overrepresented in in psychiatric illness such as depression, anxiety, um, suicidal ideation and attempts. How did did that play into your awareness of the issues around being gay and staying healthy mentally and being a comedian? Well, I mean, yeah, they're also mixed up with each other. As you say, you know, I mean, the estimates are still a little bit hard to narrow down, but it's something like, you know, queer people are six times more likely to commit suicide, transgender people specifically up to 14 times more likely to commit suicide. Um, as I say, I don't think I could ever say I was suicidal. I think I felt like I had too much of <laughs> too much to give the world <laughs> through my performing arts. Oh, what an awful. But, uh, you know, I was, as I say, but there were lots of long nights where I would stay up crying because I had this thing in my head that I didn't want, that I had so many messages coming towards me that was wrong, that was bad, that was dirty, that was unnatural. Um, so when I started talking about being gay on stage, you know, you know, I came out to my friends and family and they were very lovely and supportive. But when I took that sort of leap in my work, in my comic, from talk, just trying to make up silly jokes that would make people laugh to actually talking about my experience of coming to terms with my sexual identity and what that means for me and other people in my life and what it's like being young and gay in Australia in, in um, the 21st century, I guess. You know, it was a it was a great boon to my comedy and it, it felt like I was really, you know, doing something worthwhile or very personal and exciting for me. Um, hi, Tom. It's Cathy uh, here. Hi, Cathy. Hi. So my next question for you is, um, so you're an ambassador for Beyond Blue? advocating on behalf of the gay and lesbian um, community and uh, so how did you get into being an ambassador for Beyond Blue and and what significance does it have personally in the community for mental health? Well it's a funny story I I sort of I I, well actually my first relationship with Beyond Blue was I used to work for the Movember Foundation I used to work in a call centre and of course they're a massive fundraiser you know Movember every year raises a whole bunch of money for men's health yeah they do a lot of good work they're great they're an awesome um, 
organization and I love doing that job because the people who work there are pretty fun and creative, as I'm sure you can imagine. So I knew sort of about Beyond Blue primarily through that job. But then um, Jeff Kennett, who was, you know, the, one of the, the, the founder of Beyond Blue, um, wrote an opinion piece for the Herald Sun talking about how the best, the ideal situation for children to be raised with was with a mother and a father. It was, it was a guts of his, and I yeah. felt like that was a shame that he would put that kind of messaging out there because, I mean, well, in my opinion, common sense and also a whole bunch of psychological research um, refutes that and says that it's actually far more about, you know, family processes and the way that you raise children and the kind of environment they're raised in in terms of financial stability and emotional stability and support and love and that kind of thing that affects a child's development far more than the, you know, the structure of whether or not there's a penis and a vagina involved all the time. So I actually started a change.org um, petition to ask Jeff Kennett to reconsider, you know, as the this space of this big mental health organization that has been criticized for not doing enough for the queer community over the years, which, as we know, is a, is a group that suffers a lot from mental health issues. Um, I just didn't think that was a great thing to be happening and so we sort of came to log ahead myself and the board of Beyond Blue and eventually had a meeting with Jeff Kennett and sat down and I don't know whether he ever apologised, which is what we were going for, but you know, full credit to that organisation. They really have turned around a lot and introduced a whole lot of new um, focuses on young queer people and have made that a priority of their organisation. Yep. Which is awesome, which is a fantastic thing and, I, and I'm 100% happy to be on board and be an ambassador for that. And, you know, if we can just remind people the impact that, yes, that messages from churches, from businesses, from schools, you know, in New South Wales, it's still possible for schools to expel young queer kids just for coming out. You know, all that stuff impacts a lot on, on the mental health of, of young kids and why they're still killing themselves because, you know, society's telling them they're lesser. Um, we have to fight against that. We have to raise awareness that we always have to raise our consciousness about that stuff. And if my name on their website and helping out wherever I can contribute to that, then I'm more than happy to do it. Okay, thanks for that, um, Tom. Sounds like you're doing a lot for the gay and lesbian community in, in terms of advocating for them. Um, and our next question is... Um, how do you think comedy can be used as a platform to raise awareness um, of mental health? Well, I mean, I love comedy. I love it for lots of different reasons. I think one of the reasons is it's a form of social commentary, and but it's fun. <laughs> it's not boring or worthy. It always still has to be funny. That's still the, the context, right? So it's a really great way to engage people with what you're talking about, I think. Um, and you can make as many good points as you like in comedy, but if it's not funny, then, then no one's really going to listen and you're not really doing your job. To me, the comedy I love is the kind of comedy that exposes the stuff that we don't talk about normally. You know, it, it lets us get into our own head. And the comedian, I might get up on stage and expose these horrible, dark thoughts they have in their head. You know, things that they know are wrong, but it's funny that we have them and that we don't talk about them enough. Um, you know, also, I think... An hour stand-up comedy show, you can go in lots of different places. So, for example, my first show when I was talking about coming out, you know, there was a lot of light and dark. I talked a lot about the awkwardness of trying to pretend that I was straight when I knew that I was gay. Um, my awkwardness to try to fit into the gay world and the dating world and all that kind of carry on, which is pretty universal themes there. But, it, you know, I also talked about um, the father of a friend of mine who I grew up with in Warnable, who once sat him and a few of the boys down and told them, if any of you guys turn out to be gay, I won't kill you, but I'll give you the shotgun. You know, so <laughs> yeah. because you're spending an hour in, in someone's company, you can sort of go to lots of different places and you can tell them these stories, both the really, really funny stuff and then the kind of dark stuff. And I think it has a lot of impact that way. 
Um, I think people like Gadsby, I think Felicity Ward, Philly Bacola, um, you know, lots of people, there's been lots of shows about depression, that kind of thing. I, I think they're doing a lot to give people an insight into mental health, which is say, that's something we don't talk about enough necessarily. Do you think it's a form of advocacy as well? I think so. I mean, with the benefit of not being, as I say, too worthy or with something that's in popular entertainment. Um, and I think a joke that has a really good point of, behind it is like the best thing in the whole world because it makes you laugh and it might make you think about things a little bit differently. Um, it's also a, a form of comfort, I'm sure, to lots of people who've experienced mental health issues to go see someone talk at length about that, make people laugh, at not at the idea of being depressed, but at, at the universality of it. And we heal by that. It's very cathartic to talk about some really crappy experiences you've had and have everyone laugh about it. That's a, that's a form of healing, I think. Thank you, Tom. Um, we're going to go to some music. Um, we're, we're just going to a break and we'll be back. And we're leading out now with Hele Lucinogen by Entropy. Dumb things you do Skeletons in the closet brew But they're gonna get to you Just out of sight well, Now your brain's slipping out the side But it's just too much fun Looking out for no
Rise of the Morning Star campaign aims to bring hope and encouragement to the people of West Papua in their fight for freedom. Currently, the campaign is seeking 10,000 online signatures to challenge the Australian government's silence on human rights abuses in West Papua. To sign the petition, log on to www.petitionbuzz.com forward slash petitions forward slash rise of the morning star. That's rise with a Z. Add your signature and support the people of West Papua's struggle for independence. Rise of the Morning Star campaign is a 3CR supporter. Welcome back, listeners. You're with Brainwaves on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am on your dial. And with, with, with us today is our guest, Tom Ballard, a well-known comedian in Australia. Uh, welcome back, Tom. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be, pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. Okay, um, so the next question um, I'd like to ask you is, there seems to be a trend where uh, more comedians are embracing their struggles with mental health and making it a part of their show. What do you think the reasons are for this trend? Well, it's interesting. I think comedians have talked about mental health broadly for a very long time. I mean, if I think back to, like, Richard Pryor, Richard Pryor would talk about how crazy he was about how he lit a lit a car on fire I think and had problems with his wife and stuff which you know you know may not necessarily point directly to things like depression or anxiety but it's it's about his mental health about what he thinks and the things that cause him emotional uh, pain and stuff so I think that tradition's been there a long time I mean as I was sort of saying before I think comedians are about digging deep into our brains and pulling out the ugly, funny stuff and, and, and making us all laugh at the fact that we all, all talk about this stuff and, um, and you know, celebrate that to, to a point. But uh, I think as generally as people's consciousness of mental health has been raised, um, you know, as, as things like, you know, depression or an, under, an understanding of things like depression and anxiety have entered the lexicon, then, you know, comedians can start talking about it a lot more with a better understanding of it. Um, you know, I think there's certainly... I mean, there's a maybe a cliche about the sad clown, the idea of there are lots of people who are in the comedy industry who are hilarious on stage but whose personal lives are a mess. And I certainly know people who would fit that <laughs> criteria. Um, mm, especially like... Someone like, like um, Lachlan, you know. Yeah, and Ro- Ro- um, Robin Williams this year as well. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. well, Robin's an interesting one where I guess his, even his addiction or mental health issues weren't always part of his material... That could be wrong, but as far as I know, you know, his material was often about, uh, well, it was either improvised or was about, you know, political stuff or was about, you know, the crazy world that we live in. But um, maybe the tragedy of Robin Williams is that he never felt he he could talk about that stuff on stage in Mm. a way. Um, But Fiona Lockin, you know, has talked very brutally, honestly, about her addiction, about her her struggles with that, about her divorce on stage and through podcasts and through her writing. Judith Lucy's done the same, Debbie Scott as well. Um, and I think that's a great thing, ultimately, as I say, you know, laughing about this stuff, putting it out there, mm. talking about it, embracing it and processing it through comedy. So mm. the performer can be very cathartic and helpful, but I think also the audience is going to check that out. I think that's, um, that's a good thing to know that, you know, they're not alone and that lots of people get through this stuff. Yeah, and go through it all the exactly. Time. Yeah. And it raises more awareness for mental health as well. 
And yeah. Tom, Tom, do you think that um, in the last in the last two or three decades, as we've had this gradual momentum building of stigma busting and exposing issues in mental health, that that is that comedians coming out and talking about mental health issues is simply um, a reflection of a broader social trend and a readiness for audiences to hear. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Take Hannah Gadsby, for example, um, had a show called Happiness as a Bedside Table, which was sort of looking at the medication that she was going on to. I think recently her, her show this year was also talking about her being diagnosed with ADHD. Um, I mean, if, you, if you'd if you gone to see Hannah's show over the years, she's also a lesbian and, and has talked, you know, extensively about trolling online and, and, you know, physical violence she's experienced as a lesbian woman. If you saw her shows over the years, you'd get a really good <laughs> idea. You'd be able to track you know, sort of Hannah's mental health um, issues and she keeps returning to that for material, I think, because it's a rich vein and it's extremely personal. It's something that only she can talk about. And I suspect, too, that in the writing material about it, it has helped her deal with it in her life. You know, some would say that we make art to try and make sense of the world that we have in. So, you know, if I have a rubbish feeling in my head or if I feel sad about something you know when I, I went to a big breakup a few years ago the only way I could kind of make sense of that or make it feel like it was worth anything was if I could turn it into a show and that's that's kind of what I did and talking about that on stage and having people come up to me afterwards saying I've been through exactly the same thing I thought I was the only one I thought I was being crazy um you know that means a lot and if they were laughing as well in that process and that's <laughs> that's ideal that's very important as well but um yeah, as I say, comedy is just an awesome platform for, for that stuff to be talked about. And Tom, your show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival this year is about the emotional effects of homophobia. Um, can you tell us why you chose this theme and what you hope to achieve? Well, again, I mean, I'm very careful of um, <laughs> implying that my hour of what was essentially jokes about my, my penis, a lot of it were uh, going to change anything too much, but I guess in some small way, I felt like I had stories to tell about the little incidents of homophobia that uh, we still face. So, you know, obviously gay marriage is a huge conversation, things about suicide rates, about young people. We talk about this pretty regularly, or at least I think there's a much greater awareness of them now, and that's really important that we talk about those things. But on a day-to-day basis, it was the little things that I found myself confronting that just chip away, you know, this idea of, like, death by a thousand cuts, just a constant reminder that you're different and, in some situations, not always feeling safe. Um, and, and the story's based around this idea of me taking a taxi. I, I hailed a taxi in Newcastle. The taxi driver recognised me, asked me if I was gay and if I prayed with a minister. Um, when I replied that, yes, I was gay, but no, I don't pray with a minister because it's not really my thing, he proceeded to drive off. Um, that reminded me of a whole bunch of other incidents that I, I, I had in uh, taxis. I've had a taxi driver tell me that all gay people should be removed from society and sent off to pollute their own island. Um, I've had people assume that I like Eurovision just because I'm gay. Um, I've had people tell me after the show that I was gay, I was funny for a gay guy, or they'd feel like they need to tell me that they're not gay before they tell me they like my comedy. Um, I just think that there's that's a, there's lots of little stories there. And, you know, I was hesitant because I have talked a lot about my sexuality on stage before, and I don't want to be typecast. I want to be a comedian who happens to be a gay as opposed to a, be seen as a gay comedian. Um, but then I realised, no, no, I'm 
still really pissed off about this stuff. This stuff still happens, and much, much worse to other gay people in, around the world. And so I, I felt no reson- uh, responsibility necessary, but a legitimacy in me talking about this in, in my show. And so um, I hope that people found it really, really funny and got an insight into what it's like being gay, and then also maybe were just reminded that even though they might live in you know in the inner suburbs of Melbourne, uh, where they've got lots of gay friends and it's all hunky-dory, that this is still happening and still a reality of life for lots of people. And what do you what do you hope that audiences take away? That sounds like a real um, all raise, raising awareness of the inside story of what it's like in the minute d- detail of, of life on a daily basis to be gay and come up against stigma and prejudice. But what 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 are you hoping? Are you hoping to change your audience to make them think? What are you actually hoping to achieve there with an audience? And what do you think comedy can achieve within its parameters? Well, I think it's a reminder, you know, it's a reminder of a truth that I think people probably already know. As I say, I think, you know, most people, obviously most people coming to my show would be progressive, liberal people who wouldn't be homophobic, who, you know, are very happy to listen to a gay man bang on for an hour and are happy to pay money for that. So, you know, chances are they're, they're uh, pro-gays or maybe gay themselves. But I think, you know, there's a big fear around the marriage equality argument saying that, you know, if we achieve marriage equality, people will think, well, all's well now. Well, gay people are totally equal and everything's fine and everything things finish the fight's over it's not true there's still a huge cultural hangover which is a result of a fear of difference and religious nonsense and stuff that is means that lots of people still view gay people as weird and other and lesser and that manifests itself in, in lots of different ways from a taxi driver saying something offhand to um well you know in Uganda, people being threatened with death just because they're, they're gay. Sure. So I hope people walked out of the show being reminded of that stuff. Like, again, hopefully they laughed at things as well. Um, and, uh, I mean, yeah, if I can tell those stories from a personal point of view and remind people of that stuff, then, then I hopefully that's, uh, that's something. I mean, as we say, we can. it's easy to forget about the suffering of lots of different people and focus on your own suffering, which may well be very legitimate. But, um, I mean, I love seeing comedy that lets me look at the world through someone else's eyes or lets me look at things from a completely different perspective and I hope in some small way that that was what was going on with my show this year. Well thank you Tom um, it's been an absolute pleasure to to hear the inside story of um, what makes a comedian tick. Yeah, um, Th- th- thanks Tom thanks for taking no time out of your oh, busy schedule to come to our show. <laughs> I got nothing on it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> thank you Tom. Thanks guys, cheers. Thank you. Thank you listeners um, thank you Tom Ballard and Kathy. Um, you can listen to podcasts of our show at 3cr.org.au and iTunes. Send us feedback, thoughts or just get in contact, especially if you have a story, suggestions or topic you'd like to share. Email us at brainwaves at mifellowship.org. Post to brainwaves at 3CR, PO Box 1277, Collingwood Vic 3066. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune into 3CR next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves. Stay tuned for Renegade Economist coming up next on 3CR. Until next week, it's goodbye from the team at Brainwaves. And we're leading out now with Pleasure in Plain by The Divinal. (laughs) 